And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, but also as well, of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Go ahead and check out what we're doing each and every week at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, also as well, you can get a hold of us or at least Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And, of course, he owns a great company, Symblades. Symblades with a Y.com. Of course, also, you can go ahead and check out the great work that Laker Tom and also as well Jamie Sweet are doing each and every day at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out the five things guy, Mr. Jamie Sweet. Hopefully, he'll join us here soon. I got up. These guys have to get up. Come on. They have to go ahead and be here for the Lakerholic Sunday. Go ahead and check out what they're doing with the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, at, of course, Lakerholics.com. Our good friends, of course, Empire Jeff TV, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, also as well, Lakers in Five. Uh, the Lakers Corner, John was on last night with us. Give him a big shout out. And of course, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. Please go ahead and support them and John McKinley channel as well. And speaking of supporting channels, if you've not yet liked and subscribed, please do so. So that way you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. Or if you like and follow us on Facebook with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Indeed, it is Lakers weekend. Uh, Joe is already in the chat. Everybody truly appreciate the world's best chat that's out there, the Lakers fast break, and the Lakers are coming off of a Las Vegas Strip victory in the NBA Cup. The inaugural NBA Cup is the Lakers indeed, and here today to discuss whether or not the NBA Cup was a success, even with the Lakers winning it all. Good man indeed. He is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. It is, of course, of course. Laker Tom and Laker Tom, the controversial one, always on Twitter. But great to have you here, my friend. Good morning to you. Your Niners, like you said, you're you're looking forward to a great Sunday with them. Uh, you got some trades going on with the Yankees uh, this past week at the winter meetings. Yep. Uh, hopefully, you guys found some outfielders that you were in dire need of that maybe can you know get that ball. Oh above the porch that small little porch in right field there so there you go my friend looks like more things are getting better with all your teams including the los angeles lakers you know just on an aside gerald this is going to be a special birthday for me next year and that's going to be a year that could be the first time when my all three of my teams win championships starting with the 49ers in the Super Bowl, followed by the Lakers in June by winning the NBA championships and climaxed by the Yankees with Yamamoto pitching the shutout game for Game 7 to win the World Series, and uh, I get a trivecta. There you go. Well, Joe's Dodgers with the $700 million man in uh, Shohei Otani may have something to say about that. They only going to pay him $35 million the first year because he can't pitch is that the deal no he's wanting it deferred <laughs> right? so 
if he i know i know that, that they're probably get the contract is probably going to get a little cute but it's got a 700 million dollar value on the end of it that's all that matters somebody's right? going to get 100 million you know in the next two or three years it's going to happen uh so somebody's going to be a billion and then when will we get a billion dollar player 10 years <sighs> to 100 million We'll see. We'll see. We're getting close to it. Well, we I think have we reached one in FIFA yet? We might have. So if that's the case, I'm sure baseball is going to be soon to follow up to that. Because Either that or or, or uh, the Middle East, where they uh, they'll they'll create a basketball league with just LeBron and you know, pay him two billion dollars for a year or something like that. Well, we'll see. He, well, he is going to be an owner pretty soon at the Las Vegas. Speaking of Las Vegas, but... wasn't, that, wasn't that cute how uh, Silver just slipped in there that there's no franchise included with his trophy? Yes, for now, for now, indeed. But uh, I know him and Shaq have some eyes on Vegas in regards to a team. Ox1947 says the Yankees are winning the World Series like I'm George Clooney. So there you go. Yeah, that's thoughts indeed but once again it is the lakers fast break truly appreciate you joining us the lakers get coming off of an nba cup victory your thoughts on how the success of the nba cup went over i know despite the fact that our eyes are still adjusting to the fact that those technicolor courts were awful uh and some people were just not getting this group play or the point differential and all that other stuff that the league really didn't make it clear to the public on how this thing is run. Ultimately, the ratings were better. There was more of an interest by the general public at large, and that means more ad dollars and more money ultimately for the NBA, and that's ultimately what matters pretty much for the NBA with the NBA Cup. Well, you know what? The NBA has got a terrific record for being able to market their own product uh, extremely well. And they've put a lot of thought. It was two or three years worth of planning putting this together. Um, and yeah, there were there's a few glitches in it. But generally speaking, it was a phenomenal success. And um, the players loved it. The, the thing that really jumped out at me is that that the crazy courts and the crazy uniforms made it really clear which games counted. The only thing I think I'd like to see is I don't like the idea of the Lakers playing an extra game where LeBron could have got injured by McConnell throwing himself at his legs and so forth. Um, you know, if, if they could, if they could get rid of, if they could get rid of a regular season, if, if they could make the semifinal games, regular season game, there's no reason why they can't gerrymander around and make the finals of the pre of the in-season tournament be a regular season game so that the Lakers don't have to risk an extra game. And, you know, I mean, at some point they'll give them a tiebreaker or something as a, as the benefit for doing it. Um, but the whole thing of it really was LeBron James carried this entire tournament. He made the tournament because he made it important. And that was really the key to the whole thing, because every time the Lakers played in a tournament setting, and anytime they put those crazy uniforms on and got onto those crazy courts, they were focused um and watching this game you know i said before the game that i thought this game might be a preview of the nba finals and it might be a preview of the mvp finals of who's going to be the mvp for the league because halliburton is going to be very difficult for many teams to for most teams to stop 
And the rest of the league just hasn't seen yet how good this Lakers defense could be. They are going to be the top-rated defense the rest of the year. And there's a good chance, I think, that LeBron James can win an MVP and the Lakers can win a championship this year. And I think it's the in-season tournament, the IST, uh, is a resounding success. And I think that it gave, I think it, the Pacers could be maybe even a bigger beneficiary of that tournament than the Lakers because they took care of the three main competitors in the East to get into the finals of that tournament. And they've got they've got some room to trade and bring some people in and some money to spend next summer that they're going to be a pretty good team. I mean, it's a long shot now to get Buddy Heelder or uh, Miles Turner from Indiana. Uh, that that team that it's just amazing how getting Halliburton and having him double the number of threes that he takes from three or four a game to now nine and a half a game and hitting over 40 percent every year that he's been in the league. Um, he's the next Steph Curry. I mean, that crazy, stupid set shot of his that that really downgraded him in all of the draft classes, you know. Uh, and that's that's the thing that everybody's been killing themselves for because that's a shot that everybody said is going to get blocked in the bros. Um, we saw from the Lakers' length how that shot can be affected. And, you know, and he threw up a couple of air balls with uh, Reddish pressing him hard. But the, the in-season tournament's here to stay. They'll make some adjustments to it. It'll get better. Um, and, you know, I'm all for it. You know, if yeah, it's a gimmick, but if you can get – if you can do something to get the players to play better, to count, to feel that the games are more important and to get the kind of competition that we saw, um, I thought that that was a great game, man. I mean, the, I couldn't believe the Pacers really hung with us and they hung with us by getting to the free throw line. They used part of our formula, you know, um, and the numbers that came out of this particular game, this was like the biggest and and the stats will never count for anything because they're lost in the in the in the internet basically, but we held we held the Pacers to their lowest offensive rating of the year. Um, we took the fewest three point shots of any team to win since I don't know fifty years or something. I mean the stats are just one after another of incredible stats of how a team could be so dominant in in the points in the paint and not taking threes and, you know, and still able to win without doing that, making two three-point shots. Um, and the heroes left and right in the game. I mean, obviously, LeBron, this was the worst game of his seven games, but he still had moments when, man, he's just, I, th I think that the coach of the Pacers said it best. Don't talk about how old he is. And he's in his prime. Stop all of this talk about soon to be 39. I'm not going to use that phrase anymore. Soon to be 39 years old. I must have typed it 50 times in the last month. It doesn't matter anymore. LeBron James is in his prime. Period. Um, and Anthony Davis, you know, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Street Clothes. Um, he kind of shut up everybody on that one. Um, the thing about this team is that this is the healthiest that we've seen LeBron James and Anthony Davis since 1920. I mean, LeBron, LeBron looks so 
he's like a kid out there. You know, he's really the most, he looks like the youngest player and the most energetic player on the court. And that's not because other guys weren't having great games and playing terrifically. Um, it just shows you that when they, we always say a healthy LeBron and AD is a championship, man, that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. We just haven't seen him healthy, and now we're finally seeing it. And if we keep our fingers crossed and knock on all the wood in the world, it'll last till uh, it'll last till next June. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Laker Tom, the number one Lakers Lakers blogger that's out there. It is, of course, Lakerholics.com. Uh, I do want to say before I bring on Jamie Sweet, a couple things I want to go ahead and note. It is 2020, Hugh mentioned, not 1920, because 1920, LeBron and AD were not exactly alive at that point in time. But it is 19 slash 20. Oh, no, I don't think you said the slash, but all right. Uh, maybe it's because well, I I'm met the slash. I didn't okay, say Okay, you met the slash. No problem. Uh, Dante, I want to make sure I, I don't forget his question because I'm going to forget everything this morning because I'm so tired. Uh, when did you go, or what's the last time you went to Yankee Stadium, Mr. Yankee fan? I've been there once in my life. Okay. Um, I, I I took the train with a friend, went to this, went to the game, and the Yankees lost and lost the series. All <laughs> there right. Was a fight. There was a massive fight on the train back on the way back. Um, my friend got knocked down. He got his glasses broke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time one time all right just a wonderful new york yankee experience there there you go all right uh i do want to mention a big shout out to serbia big sofo is in the chat really appreciate you being here also here today is a good man indeed it is of course the guy behind the five things articles that he does at lakerholics.com He's also the guy we were uh, actually joking about on our last show about Admiral Akbar because there's a trap game coming up. I can tell already. It is, of course, Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, great to have you here, my friend. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Sean is Mr. Sean's going to be on the way to talk about, you know, the wonderful trade that uh, Laker Tom has been proposing with the Indiana Pacers. He said this could be an NBA final. And before we get to that, as far as I don't think that that's going to be the case as much as I love Indiana Pacers style of play, it's really fun to watch. It's absolutely very visually uh, entertaining, but absolutely not going to be a winning formula in the playoffs because the fact they just don't play good enough defense. I want to bring up for you your thoughts on the NBA Cup. I always talk to Laker Tom. Obviously, it's you know it's much bigger and much more resounding success than I had anticipated, Joe had anticipated, Sean or anyone else here on the staff. I'm happy for the NBA if that's the case. They got the ratings that they want. They got the business that they want. They got the absolutely technicolor courts that they want. <laughs> Your thoughts, my friend, overall on the NBA Cup and its success going forward even with the Lakers winning, with or without the Lakers winning, I guess, ultimately. Is I, I would have well, to say. I mean, obviously, thank you, Gerald, and it's great, great to be here. Sorry I was late. I had to grab bagels for the family real quick, so I, I didn't quite make it back in time. It was a more of a line than I expected. So. No everybody, worries. Everybody loves bagels. Um, Tom will talk in your stead. Don't worry. <laughs> no doubt. I have no doubt. Uh, you know, I thought, I think you can't say anything more than it was a complete and totally unqualified success. 
I mean, all the stuff that people do or don't like about it, the, the stuff that people don't like about it are generally on the, the nitpicky side. Although I will say this, I will say this. There was a moment in the game. I think it was in the first half when LeBron bumped knees with somebody. And I thought of you, Gerald, because I was like, here it is. This is that moment. Joe wow. talking about on that. It was radio. when McConnell chop blocked him. Right. Right. Yeah, McConnell, yeah. Like, you know, went for the low block uh, uh, off the offensive line to stop the run. And, uh, you know, he took LeBron out. And, of course, it was McConnell, right? Like, of course, it was the, the gritty, rough role guy, their version of Grayson Allen. But he, I like McConnell much more than I like Grayson Allen as a, as a human being. Yeah, McConnell, McConnell, that was not intentional. By no, piece. it wasn't intentional. He was going hard for the ball. He, got, he did get bumped, so. He, he got bumped, and they, they called it, and everything was everything was called correctly, and LeBron got up. And, but I, that was a moment, Gerald, where I thought, oh, man, if Gerald's yeah. right. We're never going to hear the end of it. If LeBron blows his knee out. Could have killed, that could have killed the tournament. Could have killed the tournament. Would have definitely killed our season. You know, everybody yeah. would have been like, oh, this is why you don't play an extra game. Da, 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 da. You know, like it would have. So this, just just know that, Gerald, that I thought of you when that happened. I was like, oh, man, this, I hope that I hope that doesn't get. And then AD got kicked in the balls. Or and then AD in got the balls. Yeah. Really, man. Yeah. No, LeBron did too. I mean, those guys were really. It was a high, highly competitive game. It was a playoff it was a targeted level. game, man. No, it was a, it was a, the intensity was playoff level, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, there are some things that I would like for them to to tweak going forward. <laughs> I think the courts definitely need to be reevaluated, uh, both in terms of their color scheme and. Well, don't to, tell Highlighter that because that's probably who sponsored the courts. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but the red, the red teams, the red teams just can't. The, the and you should be able to bring your court if you're the home court team in Vegas. Whatever. I mean, I just think it's too the much. Courts are transferable, you know. I think that they can do. I think they can get the vibe that they're looking for, which is to make it feel different, right? Like I think there are less bombastic ways to do that, and that would be something I would like to see them explore going forward. Just like how they've, you know, tweaked the, the jerseys every year. Everything gets a little right. tweaked. So they're copying soccer, though, you know, and and they're getting wilder over there, but, man. But even even the safety, right? Like the Jalen Brown slip, where he almost yeah. or his groin. You know, a couple of players have griped about the quality of the courts in various areas, and some of that's just due to the arena and the ice underneath. If there's a hockey team that plays there too, and stuff like that, and we all know as forum fans how, you know, ice under the court makes it a little more slippery on the uh, uh, for the home team in general and that can lead to an injury here or there but the other thing i'd like to see them maybe think about is how the point differential works because i i you know there was some there was some griping from the players where it was like we're winning the game we're up big normally i'd be resting but i'm playing we're running up the score on this you know woebegone team you know making them feel bad we feel bad nobody wants to do this but we kind of got to because we want to get all the way in the play-in tournament, you know? And so that, I, I don't know how that part can be tweaked because a point differential is a point differential. Um, but maybe there's another Limit it to like 15 so it doesn't get crazy, you know? I don't know. I don't know what the... That eliminates are. trying to come from so far behind. I, mean, I, I understand why they put it in there, right? There's They yeah. don't want to have a tiebreaker game. They don't want to add another 83rd game for some other t- three or four teams. Like, I get that. That makes sense. So, you know, but there's got to be, there's, there's got to be another metric. There must be another way. And if there's not, then that's fine. But like, then they have to acknowledge somehow. Well, some of the guys didn't understand. The, didn't it's know a the problem rules. for optics and it's a problem for health. You don't want to play. If you're blowing a team out by 30, 40 points, you don't want to keep your best guys. In. I don't, I don't think they can play an 83rd game. I don't think that's fair. I think they have to eliminate that. There's I no agree. reason why they can't somehow figure it out. 
I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, with I agree with that too. Or, or, or it should somehow count because it's weird that now there's just these mystery games that are going to yeah, be. But how can it count other than a tiebreaker or something like that? You know. And I don't want it affecting the playoffs because let's no, say a team, team like uh, I don't know, right now, let's say San Antonio wins wins the NBA Cup, and, and they're having an awful season regardless. They should not be rewarded by getting an automatic playoff spot. Just maybe, maybe the thirty-first pick in the draft would be a nice little reward. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what I mean. There's a little little tweaks we're talking about, yeah, right? Little like, tweaks are all we need. It's, yeah, little tweaks to the format, I think. And I, of course, they'll look at it going forward and look at ways to, you know, improve marketability and blah 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 blah. But overall, I think it was for Adam Silver kind of a masterstroke. It added a ton of competition to the sleepy part of the season, which is up until Christmas, right? Christmas NBA season is generally looked at as starting at Christmas in the past. That's over now. Now now it starts. We never saw a game like this at this time of year in the past. I mean, maybe some of those early, you know, early 2000 Lakers Sacramento regular season games when they like, you know, Rick Fox and Doug Christie are fighting in the hallways behind the stadium and stuff like that, but like not not league-wide, not over a period of sustained weeks, right? All the playing that's games. At the quarter pole too, you know, that's yeah. pretty amazing. It gave, a, it gave a lot of meaning to the quarter pole, exactly. And that, I think, was Adam Silver's goal. Obviously, it helped TV revenue. Obviously, you know, ratings were up already. You know, yada, yada, yada. That's the goal. They wanted to renegotiate the TV deal. This is the perfect time to add this. So so curious that it all happened at the same time. And what do you know? <laughs> it's, well, it's, that. it's almost as if people count dollars or something somewhere. Yeah, right. uh, so, you know, I, I just think that it was it was, it was – of course, better than I expected. I thought it would be a little bit more of just like a, a gimmick, frankly. Uh, and so it definitely had more intensity. And it, honestly, the fact that it wasn't a gimmick is entirely because the players gave it value. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And that's hard to do with with it not being a concrete schedule in there, you know, by sprinkling the games in there. Yeah. Like trying to explain that to my wife, she really she says, she's why don't they play them all at the same time or you know, the same week or something like this? Right, right. I, I see why they don't though, because it kind of it's 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 I think it's cooler because it makes it like there's a night in the NBA where like mm-hmm. you're curious, like is my team gonna advance? Is my team gonna do poorly in this? And it's a great test. Like look at what it did for Indiana. They need a bigger team reward though. The Man. players are great with a half a million, but they ought to give the thirty first pick. I like the idea of that. No, that's like a weird thing baseball would do. Like, oh, the all-star game decides who has home court advantage and the best if, most important. Yeah, the NBA yeah. is not shrinking in any of that area man no no gimmick, they'll do it yeah i i don't think that's well, going to come up at some point in time you know that 
No, I think it'll just be like a nice cash bonus. Everybody, you know, if you watched any of the post-game stuff on, on Spectrum Sportsnet, they asked every single player, what are you going to do with your 500000 And they all had really thoughtful, intelligent answers. Uh, Christy had or, the best answer. Christy had the best answer. He was like, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it, invest it, and it'll become something bigger. Right. I'm putting this, putting this in the bank. Dilo talked about his vacation. Austin Reeves, his golf club membership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, 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 right. I mean, they all had great answers. Right? Quarter million for a golf club membership. Right. Well, he's going to go to every single golf, you know, club on planet Earth. So, you know, and uh, that's. The, but the other, I like Torian Prince's answer. Was like, I just hope we got some smart young fellas up in here do the right thing. <laughs> like nice, 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 nice one, vet. Nice. Imagine one. for the two-way guys, though. That's a nice payoff, oh, man. Dude. And the coaches, the, the assistant coaches, they all got a bonus. So everybody got a nice little bonus. And and I want to say one more thing. I wonder how much, I wonder how much of that bonus has got gambled in Vegas before they left. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the echo effect is of this competition, right? Because like we all said, like we all said, the, the level of competition is not normally this high this early. So we saw the best version of Indiana throughout the tournament. Maybe not last night, but like throughout the tournament, we saw the best well, version. They, they hung in there, man. They hung we in saw, there. We definitely saw the best version of the Lakers last night, right? That yeah. is the absolute blueprint the Lakers want to bottle up, distribute Lakers it to the players. Past, past the limits of the put, blueprint. Put it on every whiteboard in every arena they play in. It's the blueprint for success. The only thing you might want to add is like a few maybe more threes. A couple more threes, right. Yeah. But, and, but that was based on, I mean, that was a matchup based get win. Like, Right. They didn't have great pay protection. What did we do? We didn't settle. We right. not one time settled the entire game for 20 foot. Juan, Juan was terrific. I mean, we only scored 10 points outside of the paint in the That's entire game. There was no settling. Everybody attacked. Points. Every single player attacked the paint with purpose, with the intent of scoring at the rim or getting a foul, and it showed in the win, and it showed in the stats, and it's the way the Lakers will win for the rest of the season, and it's yep. the only way they're going to win an NBA title. Oh, funny. So what's so, hot, what's so amazing about this? I wonder is, who's been preaching that since 2019. Both huh. of us. Both, the main both thing you, is both you and I. People don't understand how difficult it is to go to the rack every time. I, I'm not saying I mean, didn't it didn't seem so ever, hard last night. If you've ever played the game, settling, I don't even care if it's in, if you're on a playground or what. You play a long, hard game, and it is so easy. To settle. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is so easy to settle, especially the three-point shot has taken settling to a whole new level oh, of yeah. comfort. I agree. And the discipline that the Lakers showed was just amazing. They were going to, they were making a statement, the ultimate statement, which was that we're going to score every single point in this game you listen right to the, your head. If you listen to the audio, Doc Rivers said, Darvin Ham is making a point tonight. He's saying that we can win in the paint. Right. We don't need we don't need the three. It would be no. great. It would be nice, but we do not need the three pointer to win. Well, a at least against this team, we don't. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It is matchup based, you know. And, and, and yeah. let me just say this, okay? Because I know Sean wants to cover the trade possibilities or lack thereof with Indiana, and I just will. I'll let him touch on that when he comes on, because he said he was going to be on here in a few. But the thing is, I, you mentioned earlier, Tom, about the fact you saw this as possible NBA Finals matchup, and I, I can't see it. As much as I love the style of play. Well, a little know, bit of it is. It, is they can't I love play them. the interior defense when, when it matters the most. 
No, but the thing about it is that you see certain trends happen. And what's interesting about, and Jamie just spoke about this, the what's happened in the competition that has turned into the in-season tournament has changed the dynamics of the entire season for several teams. For the Lakers, it gave them an opportunity to really display what all of that length that they gathered in the summer really means when they get it on the court. And, you know, and it's they shut down Halliburton, basically. They took him out of the game. They yeah. completely took him out of the game. And our defense is, without question, going to be the top defense in the league before, the league, before we're done. Uh, right now, Minnesota, they're, they're pretty darn good when they need pretty, to. That's just yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. The Not thing is, we can see we can see how hard it is when you talk about size and length shrinking the court. You really can see it in the game. You saw yeah. it in that game there, man. Yeah. The amount of double when you try to throw the ball when you double team a guy with the length that we have now on the wings. LeBron is just sitting back there, and AD sitting back there, ready to just pick off passes. Yeah, LeBron gets to play free. It's like a, it's like a pass yeah. rush. Yeah. It's like no, a pass no. rush on the quarterback. Oh yeah, he throws that limp pass out there, and there's a pick six as LeBron goes screaming down the court. Or having elite cornerbacks, right? You know, guys who are just sitting in the backfield waiting to see where the pass is going, and they're fast enough to get there. They anticipate where it's going. They can see the play unfolding. That's what. And LeBron he is. Did. He is so quick now. He is so quick when he sees something, he's gone. Um, yeah, man, I, I just like hope he can Boston. stay healthy. If he can stay healthy like this, it's an MVP season for LeBron. Injuries could can stop it. Uh, it could. You know, I, I, I called him a top ten. I got criticized for calling him a top ten player still in this league, and by Ro, by our good friend Rodell, which oh, egg is all over his face right now because after the performance last night and the performance in the NBA but, Cup but on that. We, but I think honest, real quick, can we be honest? Don't we think Anthony Davis should have won MVP? Well, it's over the course of the no six, for the game, game, yes, but not over the seven game series. Turn, is it the, supposed the MVP, to be? The game? Is it supposed? But is it supposed to be the series or the game? It's, it's a, series. To be the series. a series. They uh, made it clear. Okay. Yeah. Then, then and even LeBron, even LeBron said that if it was the game, yeah. Anthony Davis agreed. Was the MVP. Yeah, and I think I mean, there's he, no question that. But it's the series. Okay. Yes. Okay. And which, which again goes to the point of whether or not Anthony Davis can take this as a momentum going forward. That's something I want to focus on right now. <laughs> it is the Lakers fast break. It's yes, Lakers. Joe, yes, Joe. Buddy did play. Buddy did play, Joe. <laughs> yes. It is. It is. Of course, Brown played too, by the way. Got yeah, taken no, down, man. Didn't, didn't notice that either, did we? Sorry, Layton, Joe. Go ahead. Well, it is Lakers fast break. It is Lakers weekend with Lakerholic Spotlight. It is on the NBA Cup. The question I have for you guys, again, I'm hoping Sean can still get a chance to join us because I know he wants to pick a bone with you, Laker Tom. <laughs> that is, uh, in regards to the NBA Cup itself, can the Lakers take the momentum that they obviously have now with the NBA Cup championship and turn it into an NBA championship? So, Laker Tom, I'll ask you, my friend, the Lakers, as of right now, they're 14-9. and nine. Uh, they are fifth place, or actually tied for fourth with the Denver Nuggets right now. Uh, I want to go ahead and say, as far as that's concerned, they get rewarded with for the NBA Cup victory with a back-to-back -back game on Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. To right. me, again, it's still about the bigger picture, and that's what I want the most. 
the NBA Cup is nice. The 500K is nice, but that really doesn't do me any favors in, in the race for 18th championship. That's what I want the most over Boston. Your thoughts, my friend, on will this lead, as far as it's concerned, health willing into an NBA championship after an NBA Cup victory? Well, I don't think there's I, – I think what it shows is that the Lakers, number one, have the ability – well, let me let me even reverse that. I think it shows number one that LeBron and AD are still LeBron and AD, and if they're healthy, if yep. they're healthy, everybody else is second. Yep. The second thing is that we're it's our length and it's it's getting healthy and getting our length back yep. that's made the difference. Um, and that's and that's not to take anything away from the team that without that length managed to stay alive, win a couple of games, and and develop some chemistry and and some moves, frankly. You know, I think one of the things that I hope I'll see in Twitter and on social media is an appreciation for what Darvin Ham has done with this team. Well, good luck with that, but yeah. Uh, you know, listen, I mean, I complain as much as anybody else about really Prince playing, starting, and, and about, you know, certain players not playing and Rui not getting the minutes that he should get and you can go on and on about it, but the simple fact is that Ham really has this team playing the kind of defense that is championship caliber defense. And every player, even Christian Wood, who's slipped into a hole and has been playing poorly, even he is out there rooting, and then he comes into the game late in the game, and he starts to play well, and he gets congratulations from LeBron. It, the team and the chemistry that's been created by this head coach and this coaching staff and their player development orientation, what they've done with Reeves, what they've done with Reddish is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, you talk about what an advantage the Lakers are going to have after what they did with Reddish next summer. Yeah. They're going to have every single guy who wants to redeem his brand looking to want to come to the Lakers. That's true. We're And, and you combine that, if we can stay underneath that, the, the tax penalties, the ability to get into the buyout market when a lot of our competitors can't, the Lakers, we can, that says something about being able to handle the salary cap in a manner that no other team can, you know? Um, so I think that the, the tournament is not going to be what catapults the Lakers on. It's just one of those steps that the Lakers took. It's one of those motivational things that LeBron took. AD took, they all embraced that whole thing. And they said, okay, let's do this. Let's, and then I, and that's the focus of being able to do that. The focus of being able to, okay, this game is important because we have a goal, which is to win this tournament. And LeBron is playing. That's something LeBron wants. If LeBron wants something for as much as he gives each person on this team, you can bet those guys want that bad for LeBron. Um, and, you know, just, this could be one of the most, rewarding Lakers seasons ever, you know, at 20, 21 years for LeBron, uh, after all of the disappointments we had in the comeback, Hey, Sean, uh, at any rate, it's, you know, gotta be, gotta be just, this is a season that's going to be special. I really got a feeling about this being a special season. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Lakers weekend, a Lakerholic spotlight. The spotlight is on the NBA Cup. And before I get it back to Jamie on the question at hand in regards to the NBA Cup and whether or not they 
Lakers can catapult this into an NBA championship. Want to go ahead and bring in our good friend, indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to join us today and ask Laker Tom a question on Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, glad to have you here. I have been waiting for you to go ahead and grill Laker Tom on this. So, my friend, <laughs> take it away. All right. Take, uh, take it Tom. easy, Sean, please. Uh, you know, I've been sick all week. I've been sick all week. I'm taking cough drops just to be able to talk today. So, you know, I'm an old man, so take it easy. <laughs> you guys go way back. <laughs> way back. Way back. I mean, we're we're going to be friends till one of us is in the ground, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And let's hope that's not me. What? Well, I hope it's not me. I mean, I'm the one. If anybody's going closer to the ground, it's me, man. Well, just for everybody's information. Yeah, well, given the fact I mean, that. Let me, make, let me make a statement here just so everybody understands. Yesterday was my 79th birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, happy, happy birthday. Happy belated Tom. birthday. So. I, as I said, as I said at the beginning of it, I'm looking for my 80th birthday to be the trivecta. All right, All yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. was a great NBA Cup victory. They did it. I, I thought I heard, I thought I heard LeBron saying this NBA Lake Cup victory is for Laker Tom out yeah. there. On his yeah. Well, you know, I was, I kept telling my wife that, you know what, it's not going to be stressful, honey, because listen, if we win, we're champions, and if we lose, we're still got a three-game win streak. Right. Well, during the game, during the game, I promised that, that I would never again trade, write a trade for, for uh, the point guard, the backup point guard on the Pacers because of what he did to LeBron. Yeah, and and I also, a couple of days ago, I promised to stop trading for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Well, let Magic Man, Brent, let Magic Man talk to you about that because again, I well, doubt. Go, that, ahead, go ahead, Sean. I, I doubt no. that. I doubt that will last. I doubt no. that will last. Yeah. I think this Maybe time five. next week you'll be putting them in trades again. Although McConnell, yeah. I had originally threw that idea your way a long time ago when you had the trade. I said, "No, oh, I've I've had McConnell in numerous trades, and I promised." Yeah. Tom, I told you this a year and a half ago when you Philly, started it. So Throw I, McConnell in there. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I was gonna say Tom. Tom's like uh, McConnell since he was on the Sixers, so yeah. uh, he's always been a spunky little, <laughs> you know what, out there. Um, yeah, um, and you know, I mean, refer again. We were talking about referees. Uh, he gets calls because he makes it look like it's real contact. He sells yeah. it good yeah. to the refs. Yep, he does, and he's feisty. He's feisty. But I, I, will, say, I will say this, though, Gerald. Like I, I can't ask Tom to come to the front of the congregation <laughs> because he's already said that, you know, there's no more uh, Turner and heel trades. So. That's baloney. You and I both know that's baloney. Never. He's, there's nobody off the table ever. So. You think so? so? Th well, this With is going to be – there yes. will be <laughs> – anyway – the, I think the, the the point of the matter, Gerald, is that I think yesterday exemplified um, a lot of people's careers thus far, and four four in particular. And it's, it was only one game; it was only one tournament. But it, it kind of it was a it was a snapshot into four different careers that we're looking at. 
One is Tyrese Halliburton. And one thing we know is that there's a budding superstar that needs help. That's very clear. Almost 16, 17 years ago to the day, everybody thought LeBron needed help as well. That's one snapshot. The other snapshot is that AD had a 40-25 game that doesn't count, Gerald. I know. <laughs> the one there he goes. Yeah. There. you know we usually we usually get one every six or seven weeks and this one don't count don't, don't. somehow the trophy we won that's real the stats you got for it aren't i mean it, it'll make it make sense it'll count in the overall historical record of the tournament itself in this tournament game right now he's the all-time points leader and all-time Got the but if they change the rules next year and this is not an extra game, that I, one game will be lost for posterity. Yeah, that's so right. That's kind of one snapshot, right? Then they'll just go back and add the stats surreptitiously and everybody will get a little bit. But the other the other the other one is Miles Turner and Buddy Heel, Gerald. Miles Turner fouled out of the game. And yeah, yeah. problem last night. It's kind of it's it's almost been the story of his career defensively. I mean, here's the thing, Gerald. A lot of guys get painted as potential superstars, but they're really special role players. They're yeah. not special superstars or stars, but they are um, ascending role players. And, Super role players, exactly. And those two guys, Heald yep. and Turner, fall into that category. Yep. Yep. Ben Simmons falls into that category as well. And Does what happens a lot of times... Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert yeah, falls into that category. Exactly. Tom's right. And I think what happens, Gerald, is a lot of times scouts get teased with greatness. Money doesn't make you great. Greatness makes you great. In the moments you need to be great, when you're great, that's greatness personified. Although it's 500K not... would be looking pretty great to me right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> could go tell the bank to stuff it. <laughs> this is mine now. Listen, Gerald's still trying to get in on, the, in that, in on, on that crypto.com uh, naming rights money. Oh, he, I would he, love to uh, go to the exactly. bank and do that. I'd love to, I'd love to name it, rename it Lakers Fast Break Forum. I, I always, want, I always wanted to be, uh, be Bill Murray in uh, St. Vincent at the bank when he basically tells them to go to hell when he's got a lot of money and then no money. <laughs> anyway, uh, and the the fourth snapshot, obviously, Gerald was uh, LeBron. I mean, in a in a crazy kind of way, this again just just ticks off another box. I mean, in a tournament, nobody was really talking about when it first started. He made and it, it really it really needed it really needed a boost, like a turbo boost. To pick up some momentum nationally. Eventually it happened, Gerald. And the Lakers were in the central piece of that uh, that boom. Once again, I mean, let's face it. I'm still going to say it. The 21st century belongs to the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Without a the doubt. Celtics had their time. 
17, 17, and now we have the inaugural in-season cup. So guess what? They're looking up at us right now. They get stuck on a bunch of Massachusetts orchard apples on that one. Once again, because they, they got punked by the team that we punked, Gerald. Right. Yeah. All three of their main competitors in these got punked by that. You yeah. know what's interesting about this whole thing with with LeBron James winning? He's he really made this tournament all about him, all about Vegas, all about his team in Vegas, getting the franchise in Vegas. Um, the Lakers fans all driving up from LA, you know. I mean, I don't even know if they drove up. And Bronny is playing tonight. And Bronny is playing play. tonight. So it was like a perfect constellation of everything that could go right for the James family this weekend is yeah. going right. And man, the Lakers look so, so long and big, man. It's just gonna be incredible if they if these if they can stay healthy. This defense is going to be something special. And all we got to do is make sure somehow, some way, we keep Reddish. <laughs> Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is, of course, Lakerholic Spotlight. Lakers weekend, everyone. Happy Lakers weekend indeed, because the Lakers are the NBA Cup champions. It is, of course, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Jamie Sweet, the five things guy. You can find them both at Lakerholics.com, along with Magic Man Sean Grice. It's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I will bring it back to Jamie Sweet, a ritual question I was going to tell you before we went into the Buddy Healed Miles Turner discussion for the 900,000th time over the course of a year and a half. We should have traded for him two I years think, ago, well, man. I, I, really think, I really think you will go to Buddy Healed Miles Turner Anonymous because I really think you will go ahead and buckle under and within a week or two, you'll be back to trading them once again. But that's okay. Just make sure you trade them with McConnell. That's all I ask. Uh, I'm, I'm going after I'm going after the uh the jazz now. I hope not, oh, Joe, because okay. then I will have to turn Baptist on here. Oh yeah. my gosh. But with that being said, Jamie, uh the, the question I wanted to bring to you is what I brought to Tom earlier in the show. Will this NBA Cup or can this NBA Cup now lead or can the Lakers take the momentum from this NBA Cup and turn it into an NBA championship? I think so. I think what you've seen throughout the in-season tournament is the Lakers' ability to dial it up a notch with their two superstars. We've always said that the problem with AD is not the talent. It's the, the level of engagement he chooses to play with. He played with a high level of engagement last night. Same thing with LeBron. LeBron can drop 20 points in his sleep. He can get 10 assists or 10 rebounds in his sleep. It's when he's engaged and on, on that next level, playing at that next gear, that the Lakers become something different. And so I, I'm curious to see a couple of things. One, do they start to dial back it now that, the, now that we've got the in-season tournament out of the way? Do they dial LeBron's minutes back again? Do they? We've got all the guys healthy again. Do we dial? Do we see LeBron start to get back down to the 30, 25, 30 minute per game minutes per game level that they all talked about wanting him to play at, himself included? So, that's one thing I'm curious to see. And if we can win and do that, that's a huge bonus for us. And there's no guarantee that that hasn't happened yet, right? We haven't seen if that's 
possible. I think it is possible, but we haven't seen it in action. Um, I think it's definitely something, especially for some of the guys who've come into the NBA and, and just sort of muddy, muddied about, you know, haven't really made a name for themselves, haven't been a part of a winning culture, are not identified as winners in the league, uh, just sort of float around looking for a team that'll pay them, you know, a vet minimum or maybe a part of an MLE or whatever. I think for guys like that, you know, the Cam Reddishes, the Woods, the Torian Princes, the Hayes, a lot of the lesser role guys, and even like the, the Max Christie's guys who are pretty still new to the league. This is big. This is this was playoff level intensity, and you you passed the test, right? Now, it was you know a handful of games. It wasn't a seven game series where somebody figures out what you're doing and then counters it, and then you got to counter it, and you got to let up your game and find a way through every single series, every single game. But it's nice to see that the team could come together around a, a way of a style of play, execute and win, and not just win, but win convincingly very convincingly against some tough opponents, you know, people, referees. people say, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that the reference, I'm, I'm, they call way too many fouls. The first half we shot like 50 free throws, man. I mean, I'm not going to disagree too much for either team. I thought, yeah. I mean, I think that they evened it out over the course of the game. I think the, the free throw disparity started off tilting towards Indiana and then, ended up being pretty close to even if I remember. We ended up two ahead and they had 10. Of right. Yeah. Ahead. No, I mean, it's, it, it, that, that it's incredibly somehow that always seems to work itself out over the course of an NBA game right. with referees. I don't, I just don't know how it happens. It's amazing to me. Well, it's because you follow uh, out all of the guys that no, <laughs> you know, are not playing anymore. He's had a halftime and be like, Oh, look, we gave Indiana like 23 yeah. Lakers nine. We should, let's call a couple of touch fouls. Well, on I mean, there's, there were, there were some, just a, <laughs> It's, it's also, not even just the too much fouls. I think everybody agrees now that the quality of officiating has declined in the league. I've long been a proponent for four yeah. officials. I think they're yeah, and and, and it, the thing is that we're missing so many calls, but then they're making calls that are just like bizarre contact, man. Yeah, no, I agree. There's, you slow the game down, and and it, it totally. I mean. I understand it strategically, and I root for it every time that hey, that that uh, I thought the ball in the key, you know. And the only, ball, the only call I thought was egregious was the take foul that went against Indiana. I did not think that was a take foul. That I wasn't think. a take foul, but then also, that, like Reddish, right. Reddish got called one on a, when he stole the ball down there. That was a terrible call. And the same yeah. thing on you know, LeBron. LeBron did charge on that one call. That was a good call. Yeah, he reversed. Um, that was definitely LeBron. Trying to pay back that I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a pretty good defender, man. Yeah, I think that this can echo forward though, Gerald. I think that it, it can echo forward, especially with some of the younger guys. You know, AD is going to be vaulted back to the top of. I mean, this this it's on him though, right? All this is back onto the two guys who we know we count on and we who we know have consistency problems when it comes to being hyper engaged with every game because they've just been through it too much. AD and LeBron just don't have it in them. And I get it because they've been on the job for you know over a decade each. It's you know they've been next and ding the last wants, two years. Who wants to get excited? Who wants to get excited to go to Charlotte and play Charlotte? Like nobody, not even Charlotte. Charlotte isn't even excited to play in Charlotte. You know, like these are the things that grind out the NBA season. And so it's just it's going to be interesting to see how it it echoes forward. I think it will echo forward for guys like for the younger guys a little bit more than the vets and. I think that it'll help.
give I mean, I, I love the spotlight that it's shown on Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. I mean, I get, I give them yes. a lot. It was awesome for them to finally play on a national stage. I think they didn't play in any nationally televised games at all last season, or maybe, maybe he's only well before. Let me say this: before he actually appeared in the IST, he had only played on and uh, national television once. And I think that was NBA TV or my must. Oh no, it was, it was actually TNT. Never played no, it was TNT. It was, it was TNT, TNT with Washington against Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah. nobody watched probably because no, of no. Yeah, who gets excited to see Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole do their, you know, Senators routine? That it's just terrible. They're, those two guys are terrible right now. Nobody's excited about that. So, I just thought it was great that like. We got to see some young guys. We got to see the Lakers at full strength. We got to see a great upcoming. Oh, by team. the way, Jamie, Indy, uh, just, just uh, I saw I read an interesting stat today. In the last forty-eight games between the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Wizards, they are one yeah. forty-seven. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I think there's another stat there, uh, Sean. In those three teams, the only wins that they had were beating each other. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that no. was out of like 50 games. These guys had no excluding the Spurs better. who have beaten the Suns twice. Yes, all these teams are beating up on each other. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. So let me ask this, Sean. Let me bring it back to you. And once again, it's Lakers weekend, Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate it. Hopefully you are having a great Lakers weekend with the Lakerholic Spotlight. I want to ask you this, Magic Man. So I brought the question to Jamie. I brought the question to Laker Tom. Now I bring it to you, my friend. Can the Lakers utilize this NBA Cup success and turn it into an NBA championship this season? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. It's, that was the the um, hypothesis that uh, a couple of writers had about what the ultimate goal of this tournament was. And it wasn't necessarily just to win it. It was to create an atmosphere for a team that they can replicate later on because they've already done this before and they understand the kind of intensity that it takes because that's one of the big factors, Gerald, that kind of took Hallie out of his game. He said the intensity was different for me. It was a playoff atmosphere. I had never felt anything like that before. So automatically, no matter what you're doing, Gerald, uh, no matter what your job is or whether you're on a date or whether you're buying popcorn or if you see something for the very first time or have a, an experience, it's, you do have nothing to backtrack or recall to have a basic understanding for what's going on. So everything is just a reflex response. And it can create, we, as we've talked about, pressure creates diamonds. 
or burst pipes. Sometimes Magic Johnson goes on a run as rookie and ends up just flooring everybody. Sometimes you're Tyrese Halliburton and you're a budding superstar and the intensity level is just revved up to turbo overdrive, Gerald, and you don't recognize it and you've never been in that experience before and the cold chamber is just a little too much. So it it, it just... It, I think it can springboard into something because they can always go back to this. Yeah. Okay. Well, very well said, Magic Man. So, Laker Tom, I bring it to you, my friend. Coming off this NBA Cup victory, we still have, what, 23 games in? We still have quite a bit of way to go. Yeah, 60 yeah. games almost to go here in the regular season. The Lakers have played more games than anyone, and that's not even including the extra game they played last this night. Yes, so they're 14 and nine, tied for fourth in the Western Conference as we head into a Tuesday game, a back to back set of games against Dallas and then San Antonio. Your thoughts on what the Lakers need to do to keep that momentum going from the NBA Cup? Because there's going to be the tendency after such an emotional game for a letdown. And a um, Admiral Akbar, it's a trap scenario that Jamie Sweet has already pointed I'm out also, so well also over the years. that LeBron's sitting on Wednesday. I'm going to call it a Yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, and I actually I actually kind of think that LeBron and AD are going to play because I think we're going to miss Kyrie. That's the first thing. And then we got two games against the very terrible uh, Spurs. So there's a good chance we could win these five games and go from, what are we, 14 and 9? We'd be 19 and 9? Well, yep. I think that's the goal. Because the next game after that is going to be the Thunder. And we want to be, we want to keep this momentum going. We want to move up in there, and we could be in the second or third spot by the end of those five games. So I think the Lakers' focus is going to be to go out and win these games because these are the games that they need to win to keep the streak going. They'll have an eight game win streak at that point in time. They might be second seed in the West. Um, and then the schedule starts to get tougher. Now you start to match up with the games, but you've had a few games under your belt with the full roster. Um, we're looking at 10 to 14 days for Gabe Vincent to be available again. Um, and then we're going to see some, some interesting lineups. We're going to see, we're going to see what Darwin Ham does when he's got the full 14 players out there. Um, and the big question is that we're, you know, we're going to be after those five games, we'll be at December 15th. I don't think that the Lakers necessarily need to make a trade. I don't think they're going to make a big trade, but I think there's two or three places and needs that they have where they could move a Gabe Vincent for somebody. They could move a D'Angelo for somebody. Uh, they might move D'Angelo in the pick for somebody. Uh, they, they might it, move Rui at this case if they're not going to play him. Well, that's one of the things. I have an article that I've been working on for a while, and there's really four choices that the Lakers have. They can stand pat, right? They can go for a superstar, Trey or, or Zach. I don't think that flies. No. Um, primarily because it's the wrong superstar, you know. Yeah. Um, third, they can make a little tweak. And fourth, 
but then a little tweak, I mean, they're trading one for one. So they still have a 12 man rotation in case people get injured or they can trade three for one and reduce that rotation down to 10 man, which is all that can play. And so you got four choices of what they do. And then a lot of it will depend basically on number one, how the team is doing. And number two, what's available at that point in time, who's available, you know, I mean, can they get Laurie Markkinen? No. If they can get Laurie Markkinen, he would be the perfect player in my mind. No, no. What? 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 Uh, uh, Gerald, we just saw we just saw that video. If in case uh, nobody has seen it yet, uh, it was a very scary injury. Dwight Powell's entire body weight came down on Kyrie's foot. Yeah. It, and yeah. he's out indefinitely. Heel contusion. Who else has a heel contusion, Sean? Well, that was that was Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. for like three months. That might have been just from bad shoes, though. Yeah, no, but Kyrie's might be real, and it might be like that might put a dent in there. A seven foot human being lands on your foot. That's going to hurt. Nobody's and and, and let's be happens. honest, when you're seven foot tall and 285 as Dwight Powell is, Dwight, yeah. you're really 300 pounds. I know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like two, 280 is the real 300 in the NBA. Right. It's like Nikola Jokic. Yeah, who is 280? Look, we know the Joker's over 300. I, mean, I think the Joker a lot of weight. 215. Yeah. Speaking of Joker, the Denver's struggling without Murray, man. They that that's never been more obvious than this season. Hey, they I, maybe if they don't, maybe they're not rooting for Houston to have uh, a pretty good season, Jamie, because it seems like Houston's got their number. I mean, listen, I'm any team that beats. I, my sole concern is that Denver cannot have home court advantage in the NBA Finals again. Or the or the Western Conference. It doesn't look like they're going to. <laughs> well, that that's good for the rest of the league because yeah. nobody can play at altitude for a seven game series. Not against Joker. Not against Murray when he's healthy. That's. I, I think Kurt should be the next GM because he says he agrees with Tom. Larry Markkinen and Walker Kessler for Christian Wood, Scotty Pippen Jr. and tickets to Mark Marcus and oh. uh, Yeah, work. yeah, that's a great yeah. trade if the money doesn't work. But Markkinen Markkinen is Markkinen well, is a player who could really nice make a difference on the Lakers. Yeah, but the, Utah's not giving him up. That's the guy they're building around. Utah will probably be could, I, I mean, know. Danny Ainge is going to hear it uh, because the fact that they're not a very good team with Lowry Markin. Right. The other the other thing is we they already have our 2027 pick, except for the first through fourth. So the Lakers, this is the one situation where the Lakers can offer but he's not two unprotected post LeBron James picks. The 27 and the 29 for Markinen and Kelly Olnick. But we don't need no, we don't need more big guys. We don't we, <laughs> we need, need more shooters. We need a point guard. We need shooters, Jamie. We need, we need guards. Shooters. We need guards, Tom. Need guards shooters. can also shoot. We need Fact, shooters. Generally better at it. Well, who's gonna you're gonna you you're not gonna move British out of the starting lineup? Uh no, I don't so think you that's gotta get a point guard then because Reeves ain't gonna start. Yeah, not sure about so that. You see, I mean, Delo's the problem with Delo is he's better than probably what we can replace him with. The real problem is that it's the, great, Tom. I believe Tom's correct. No, no, no. This is the real problem with all these trade scenarios is that one way or another, you're including guys who are six eight or smaller, and 
if the trade brings back a 6'8 or taller guy, you have now sacrificed what guard depth you have for an overabundance of big players. All of our big guys, other than AD, don't make enough money to make a, make a needle move in a trade. You can't include Wood and get anything good. You can't include Jackson Hayes and get anything good. You're so not going to include those Mark guys. Kaken, hold on, let me finish one yeah. thought here for a second. If you bring in Marmite Kaken or a Miles Turner or anybody who's a center or a power forward, you're just going to have a two-big team. You won't have anybody who can make plays. You won't have anybody who can drive the ball to the rim. You're going to have a bunch of tall guys standing around going, I don't know how we're going to score. We have a 12-man rotation, and we're going to adjust to whatever team we play. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we won't even be thinking. No, it's it's not going to trade until The games are matchups. The games are matchups. You put a different lineup, you put a different rotation out there, or you. You're telling me me that if we traded Gabe Vincent and D'Angelo Russell for Laurie Markakin, that the team would play great. No, we still have to get you still have to gonna have to solve the point guard problem. First of all, literally what I just said. Okay, first of all, come on, guys, guys. (laughs) Nobody's gonna be on the Lakers, it's gonna be traded until probably late January or February at the earliest, because of the fact that again, all the contracts have to go over, plus the fact, like Doobie says, because of the what we've done in the NBA Cup. The Lakers are probably going to evaluate and see how this team plays out and give this team some time under their belt. Uh, secondly, nobody's going to trade for Gabe Vincent, who has a three-year contract with a gimpy knee right now, and he has got to be back on the court to prove himself. Nobody pure. wants Gabe Vincent. That's not necessarily true. It's pure fantasy. Time. It's a three-year no, say, contract. You, know, look, you offer you offer Vincent, you offer Vincent and 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 Rui, and your 2029 pick for Markkanen. Not going to take mm-hmm. it. They're not going to take it. Maybe not. not but also, you include the twenty-seven pick. You got two first-round post-LeBron picks. They already have the twenty-seven pick. Not for one and through four. Tom. <laughs> hey, Sean. Uh, you don't like it? It's just my opinion. No, I know. Who, I know. I just, who I just, the Lakers are going after and who they want to do. Sean Harder. No, the reason why I said about Olenek about his toughness. The Lakers, I already. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he ripped his arm off, and he and, separated yeah. his shoulder in a yeah. tussle. Yeah. So, so let's Kelly bring Olenek. it back to let's so let's bring it back to Magic Man. Magic Man, I, I can't believe you know Tom doesn't want to. He's going to throw Gabe Vincent every trade, even though again we don't need Gabe Vincent. That's the that's the real. That's point. what every other NBA GM Everybody. is saying right now. We don't need Gabe you're, Vincent. You're, you're, so. You trade Vincent. You trade Vincent in second round picks probably for. A player around ten million dollars. There's guys out there that are worthwhile. If you could get Trey Jones, if you could get, there's several guys you could go out there and get. If you could get Olenek for that money. So there's lots of there's lots of opportunities there. Contract for a guy who already has bad knees four games into his three year contracts. As a self respect, not a recurring injury. He didn't have a he didn't have a bad knee before. He it's did. Not a but he has one oh, now. He did. That's the point. No, 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 no. He he's been out with. He's had. He's had right. knee problems since Miami. <laughs> he's still. He's only making ten million dollars. He's a trade <laughs> for three years. That's on your cap. And if you're over the cap, it gets multiplied on top of that. Listen, there's not, no time. You don't realize that fifty percent of the players traded <laughs> in these trades. It doesn't matter who the hell they are. They're uh, nothing but salary filler to make the trade happen. Okay. Right. Okay. They're just salary filler to make the trade happen. 
Magic Man, your thoughts on this, my friend. You said you wanted to go ahead and pick a bone with Laker Tom today, my friend. Please, for <laughs> the love of go. God, pick that bone now, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not having any more discussions about Buddy Heal and Miles Turner coming to the Lakers, Gerald. No. On the LFB. Uh, I hope not. But when you hear the, if, we, if we do, if we do, if we do, the summer anyway. If we do have to do this, Gerald, it, it's going to be like a brother. We're out thou, and we're going to have to go out to the river and be rebaptized. <laughs> oh man! By the sirens or the yeah, uh, whatever, whatever they are, the fates, the three fates, the three witches, like John the Baptist used to do. He turned him into a frog. I got to see Gabe Vincent <laughs> anyway, for a real, real time before you put him in a trade. But go yeah, ahead. No, I mean, I most of GM. Well, well, we look, back in time that you could do that. Look, I, would say, uh, I would say this. I would say this. You could probably move Gabe Vincent to a team that has a problem player. Like, let's, bring, let's bring Magic Man here. So yeah. I, I apologize, Jamie. But let's bring Magic Man. Go ahead, Magic. Sorry. <laughs> Southern comfort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Jamie's right. Jamie's right. I mean, that would be the only that would be the only viable vector you could go down. That that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, far be it from that though, Gerald. I'm with you. I just no gave Vincent knee problems. Older player. Put a put just on the whiteboard, Gerald. You just put a horizontal black line through that name <laughs> and until he's healthy and shooting 40% from three then we can dry erase it and put his name up there again until then uh uh-uh. uh um, I mean I like first and foremost with oh, all is the he really uh, coming back in two weeks though is with that all the like chatter I, I'm 10 days 10 to 14 days really they finally released a timetable for him yeah. So we're looking at Christmas possibly for him Good. to make the That's debut right. against the That's Celtics. Right. His re-debut. He's played like four or five games, I think. Uh, it's real. Okay, unless the latest on latest I hear or see is that there's no timeline set for Gabe Benson. Ten to fourteen days. It was published. Okay. All right. Well, I see no timeline set. Oh, for two days ago. That was two days ago. <laughs> well, I see it within the last four hours. On mm-hmm. your favorite of mine, Lakers Nation, that they just reported that there is no timeline set for his return. So you tell me. Right. I guess I must have seen those five tweets in my sleep. So that's that's the problem. You <laughs> went to Twitter. Your life oh, ends there. On, Gerald. Wake <laughs> up, man. You think you saw every effing tweet that's gone by? I'm no, telling no, you right now. No, I don't I watch tweets. I only tweets. go I only go to Twitter. I've seen several tweets that said 10 to 14 days from the Lakers. I'm, ta- I'm talking about not. Lakers Nation. Lakers Nation supposedly is the leading Lakers-centric uh, mm-hmm. site that's out there. So you they are, they're not for me. They may be You're for going you. Off of you tweets. I'm going off of Lakers Nation. So you go tell me who's right on that. Twi- Twitter, Twitter is a vast waste of space. I, I just check it for Shams, Woj, and whoever's picking on you because one of your crazy trades. That's what I check it for. And for memes when the Clippers lose. That's all I check it for. Otherwise, it's a waste of space. Okay, so according, to, Jill, according, according to Gerald, there is no timeline, folks, even though the Lakers said 10 to 14 days. I hope Tom's right, but I think that we'll, we'll see. 
I would okay, love for him to well come then, back. Then just go talk to Trevor Lane. Make sure you at Trevor Lane when he comes. I'll post. I'll post it on your face. Okay, how about that? Post it on my face. Wow, seventy nine, <laughs> and he's still threatening. Jesus, you are such a you. You know, you woke up in a bad mood this morning, and you've been in a terrible. How did mood. I wake up in a bad mood? How? From the moment I why I just said hello to you in the morning. Let's get this thing going. Like, Yo, that God, that I did. Say. You're right. That's that I did. Say. <laughs> It's right there, right there in the chat. I put the put the article right there. Lakers Nation says, "Yeah, right there." More, you're just publishing more fake news, man. <laughs> then you go ahead tell 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 Trevor Lane that right there. Tell Trevor Lane. Don't look at me. I'm just tell Trevor. You're the guy that goes off of Twitter, off of Joe Blow's Twitter. I'm going the guy off of the guy who supposedly knows the Lakers better than anyone. Suppose can yeah. I just say that three that three quarters of panel even though he sounds like cardboard when he traded until he plays and move on. <laughs> I think you know, he, um, I think unless he returns to practice, it's just at best it's, doubtful it, that he's coming back. But he's on yeah, those no, anti, he's, they, he's on that anti grav treadmill, it does wonders for you, magic man. Yeah, stationary with uh, with Phil. Okay, stationary cardio workout in 14 days. All right, I hope you're stationary cardio workout. What do you think I'm doing, Gerald? Lying to embarrass you on air? You think I'm I not going to say read, intentionally I that can't you read are. the headline that I don't know it came from the Lakers? Okay, I'm just I'm just telling you what the Lakers Nation, the official Lakers fan side, blah 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 blah. I see his his intense pre uh, pregame workout today. Yeah, it's from Dan Walk. I see it. Okay, and I hope it's two weeks. I absolutely hope it's two weeks. He looked like he's moving around. I see him taking shots on that blue red court in Las Wait, Vegas. Wait, well, that's not on Lakers Nation, man. How could you be seeing it? It's right there on the article, stupid. You call me stupid for years? I call you stupid. It's right there on the article. Attached to your Twitter. So there you go. I'm so you're just now admitting that it's 10 to 14 days? No, because I'm admitting what it says. On Still no timeline for Gabe Vincent's return. Said within four hours ago by Daniel Starkland of Lakers Nation. Sponsored by Trevor Lane, Mr. Cardboard himself. Actually, Tom was on playback. He actually was the one who tried to get us into playback in the first place after I mentioned it, Doobie. So there you go. But yeah, I hope he does come back. If he does come back in 10 to 14 days, great. But with the Lakers playing so well, do they really need to rush him back in here, especially with on a bad knee, Magic Man? No, Gerald. No, Gerald. Um, I I think that might have something to do with disrupting Max Christie's um, level of confidence right now, because his playing time, if Gabe Vincent was healthy, you would theoretically feel it would diminish. However, if Christie is playing really well, you're not going to take him out of the lineup because. You feel that a uh, 27 year old guard who's had knee issues for the past four years and just has had platelet therapy might be a better option. I don't. Well, think he says so. that uh, he says it's per Chris Haynes. 
And Chris Haynes does get some insight. So let's hope he's right. I'm just saying when you got Lakers Nation literally within the past four hours saying that there's the literally the tagline is still no timeline for Gabe Vincent's return. And that that tweet is in the past. But you do see him work out, so he could be close to return, Tom. I'm sorry for calling you stupid. Mind you've called me stupid many times before, so I apologize for doing that. So about time I got one back on you. So I apologize for doing that. And I don't really want to get you upset anymore. So you could be right. And I hope you're right, Tom, because it does add a fifth guard into the equation. But where are we to go with Max Christie? The mixed returns. I mean, we saw a good pass. You're going from... to trade, Gerald. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. What do you mean? Uh... You're not going to trade him in December, Tom. You might be surprised because if there was a player who could get traded without doing anything, it could be him. It just depends who's available. All right. he's, All the right. th- he's the kind of player. He's the kind of player who would be traded with a couple of picks, a couple of second round picks for somebody else, who maybe a team wanted to get rid of because he was going to be a free agent. Okay. So, Gerald, let me let me ask you a question based on his level of play. And productivity. If you were an NBA team, would you offer Max Christie uh, a biannual exception? Because that's four well, and a half million. Not, not well. The, yeah, actually, I would see a team investing in him on that. I that, could see something like years, that. Not, not an MLE. Not like Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. Uh, no, he can shoot. He can shoot, and he's well, he's, he's not got, shooting yet. Let's let's put the things in perspective. Well, he's only shooting thirty one percent on the season. He's not shooting. True, well but true, but you you got to realize that that's because of sporadic opportunities and and not being able to get in rhythm and coming into games. You know, he's proven that he can shoot the ball. Ham hasn't really decided. THT never really proved he could shoot. THT proved he could be a that he had all of these other skill sets that were terrific if if he could. Get a shot, and he never was able to get past that. Ham wants to play Prince more than he wants wants to play Christie. That enough is true. Well, they both they both played. Darwin's, Darwin's a veteran. They both. He's, played he's a guy who played for teams. For, I think Christie's defense is is much better than than Prince's, and that's yeah, but he doesn't. It's taking care of the ball is Christie's problem right now. He's well, making, you know what, ill-advised passes and turnovers that. He's got a lower usage rate now than he did when he started because when they gave him the ball more, the turnovers were actually worse. So that that they've solved that problem a little bit. They're trying to take the ball out of his hands. The problem is is that Ham continuously wants to play this three guard lineup where either uh, Torian Christie or Austin has the ball, and we know Austin's dribble ain't what it used to be. And it wasn't that much to begin with. Christie's got problems, and Prince has got problems with the ball as well. So, you know, I think there are small adjustments that need to be made, Gerald, especially in the backcourt. That this three this three game winning streak and now four with the with the title has really shown the value of perimeter defense, regardless of whether or not everybody wants to institute the um, clause that, well, that's only based on the 
style of play for other teams and their ability to shoot from beyond the arc. Well, you know, about 25 teams wish they could shoot as well as the five teams who do shoot well. And it's staggered really between the 18th best three-point shooting team versus, you know, the 20th best. It's it's minimal. A couple percentage points at best. So the fact that, you know, Van, I really, really want to have the, the, the pressure cooker turned up a little bit on inserting Cam and Vando into the starting lineup. I agree 100%, Sean. Okay. That's the way we should go. We have to we have to absorb that three lack of three-point shooting from those two guys because their defense is difference-making. And, it and that we all can agree on, Pop. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm just what saying... What I does uh, say, though, is it really focuses on how valuable D'Lo becomes if he can shoot well. And if he can avoid... You know, he he if he can avoid those situations where... He gets taken apart. And I thought that when Sean went into his spiel about the four players, I thought you were going to include him in that. Because this was a game where D'Lo had to go up against his nemesis, the guy who basically took him out of that series in the conference finals, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. And when he got that second foul on Brown to start the game, that was sweet. And he he whipped it into him, you know, hey, where's Jokic? You know, he made sure that he understood that. This is a revenge game for me. Seven assists to one. 23, 20, uh, what are you, 17 points, I think, to, to six or something like that. One rebound he got. Yeah, it was just a total plus 17 versus a zero for Brown, which was like actually the best player rating on the uh, on the Pacers team. Uh, but D'Lo really, he made his points in the first half. But remember that situation where, all of a sudden, Ham pulled Reeves. We were down to like a three-point lead, I think. Ham pulled Reeves, put D'Lo in. Two straight times, D'Lo gets smooth, sweet, little easy jumpers from the, within the paint. And all of a sudden, we're back up on a seven-point lead. Um, that was crucial. And he saw the reward D'Lo by he was in the game in the fourth quarter. He was in there playing during the clutch minutes. Um these are the types of moves and things that are why these players love Darwin Ham as a coach. Because everybody on that team knows what's happened in the last couple of years. They know, Christian Wood knows, he's going to get his shot. Just root for everybody on the bench, and when you come in, play hard, even if it's in garbage time. And everybody on this team seen that. They saw they saw Lonnie Walker get his opportunity there and he get his payday. They saw Malik Monk do that. Now they're seeing Cam Reddish do it. I mean, it, everybody nitpicks at Darwin Ham's rotations, at his substitutions, at his timeouts. But just like last year, as the season, as the team got healthy, we made the right changes to the roster to improve the rotations. That team started to play better, and those guys played hard for him every single game. We came back in so many games where we didn't finish, didn't finish, but you had to admire the way that we would not quit and come back. And this team is showing that same type of fire right now. I really like what's happening with Ham. I love the way the defense is going, and I agree 100% with Sean that 
Vanderbilt is a guy who should go in there and replace Prince. I don't care if he can't shoot as well as Prince can. I want that kind of defense. Now, I do like the idea of having the tandem, though. I have to admit that. The way that he's using Vanderbilt now to replace to replace Reddish so that that guy doesn't get a chance. I've always been more of a my, – my style has always been if, if Reddish is going to guard a player – he mirrors his minutes then. If you got a coach takes him out, you take him out. If you got a coach puts him in, you put him in. But I like the way that 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 he's using Vanderbilt as a second a defender. On- and, and and if you if you guys notice, and I'm I'm sure you have, um, it, it also makes it difficult to hunt D'Lo when those three guys are out yep. there. Have you noticed that, Gerald? Defense better. He is. Have you noticed that, Gerald? Yes, I have. It's harder for teams to hunt him when those three guys are out there. Uh, It's not just the protective factor. It's that, as Tom said, he's improved a lot, especially on his switches. So, and I I agree 100% with Tom. Screw the fact that if – if he wants us to go from like 28th to 23rd at three point shooting, um, Gerald Vando creates a lot of, a lot of opportunities for us with his, with his stocks, his steals and his blocks and his deflections that uh, turn into quick points. I mean, we turned the game around them in, in the half in the transition, Gerald, they tried their game is scoring easy off quick chances. We popped them last night on the same thing. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. I want to say, though, that Darren, thanks so much for the super chat. AD only had the fourth highest plus minus making that. uh, Yeah, the plus minus is just really just, I don't know. As a stat, it's just totally unreliable. So I really don't think anybody can really utilize it because it doesn't really show you how effective the player was. I don't think it's a good gauge. I agree. Well, as a single in a single game, it's not. But if you look at the pattern that you see of players over a period of time, I don't think you can deny a simple fact that what plus minus measures is how many points is your team scoring more or less when you're in the game. And you can't tell me that that Cam Reddish is plus minus is not telling you that he is having a huge impact on the game or LeBron James. Our inability to win when LeBron is out on the bench is not a major factor. And you got to measure those things. Um, I think plus minus, you can't take plus minuses and compare them between. It's not reliable, Tom. It's what I'm trying to say. What's reliable about any stat? What a stat tells you, you have to interpret. A stat tells you that a guy can score. A stat tells you a guy can defend. A guy can get deflections and so forth. It doesn't give you any grand measure that you can measure against other people. But within a team context, who's getting the, who's on the floor when the team is winning matters. And anybody who says that doesn't matter 
doesn't understand the nature of the statistics. If you continue to have a minus plus minus, you are not going to be in this league. That's a fact. And Gerald, I I, I understand. I, I I'm with a, a lot of Laker fans, and I'm with a lot of uh, our audience. I'd like to see Rui play more. However, I think last night was just a result of matchups. Yeah, I, I, I I don't think it had anything to do with Rui's Rui's attitude, demeanor, or his play. It was just based on matchups. The Pacers have a lot of a lot of twitchy wings that can do a lot of different things. R- Rui is a very good complementary role player, Gerald. But one thing you're not going to ask him to do is chase two and threes around the court with like a chicken with his head cut off because he can't do that well, and you shouldn't ask him to. And that was another good adjustment with, with Coach Ham, and I'm sure he he explained that to Rui as well because you're you're not going to isolate a, ice a guy Keep him in the doghouse. We know Rui's got the right attitude. So I think that's just what the case was. It was a, a case of matchup. Same thing with Christian Wood. Yeah. They'll pl- when, when we play big teams, they'll both be playing. Well, that being said, it is the Lakers fast break. Lakers weekend. It is Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom. And the disappearing Jamie Sweet, I haven't heard back. I think a cell battery probably went out or something like that. Uh, I do apologize to Laker Tom for on his no 79th birthday, on his weekend. Oh. The 79th, although, again, you've, you said reverse. It's in the past. I'm hoping you're right that Gabe Vincent can come back in two weeks. I'm just going by what Darvin Ham was quoted as saying. Of course, the totally evasive answer. But Chris Haynes has the insight on a lot of things, so you could be right within 10 to 14 days. We'll see what happens. Uh, but then they don't need to rush him back. They really don't need to rush him back, especially with the knee. They want to make sure – they should make sure it's right. So if he does play well, he can be utilized in the trade, Tom. Well, he, you know, he he fills an important role on this team, and, and that's – what's been really frustrating about it because he really is our only true guard. Who's a point of attack player. We're using two forwards to to cover guards because they're making guard five positions, but, but a little small guy to scoot around and run around all these picks and chase guys all over the place and shoot 40% in the clutch. That's why we signed him to a three-year contract. Um. It's always easy to trade a guy who you haven't seen, who hasn't done anything to help your team, who you're not missing. Okay. Uh, it is the Lakers fast break. It is, of course, Lakerholic spotlight. So, Tom, uh, before I get it over to you to go ahead and make sure you plug all the stuff that you're doing at Lakerholics.com. And I was hoping Jamie would stop by or still stay with us to go ahead and plug his five things. But they're basically on – the NBA Cup tournament and the Lakers victory there. Magic Man, any last thoughts on the week ahead before we head on out, my friend? Uh, happy for the Lakers winning the inaugural in-season Cup, Gerald. Um, kind of unexpected, but nice surprise. Uh, hopefully, I didn't hear anybody call it the play-in tournament, which I thought was really a remarkable achievement by the announcers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it was, it's good camaraderie, Gerald. And, and um, overall, I think it's a good vibration, that locker room. So 
hopefully this this means that they they go on a 10 game winning streak here i hope so i hope they can utilize and use that as a catalyst going forward wait and see again i want to see the back-to-back will they rest lebron and ad on the back-to-back especially against san antonio you know i'm sure the, the temptation will be there especially after playing so hard emotional possible emotional letdown coming into the dallas game we'll see how that gets affected uh laker tom what are you working on before we head on out for lakerholics.com um it's been a really it's been a really hard time to write you know i i've I've got like 10 articles partly written and now i'm finding myself sort of stealing parts of different articles putting them together differently to degree new articles you know copy and paste yeah, you know, and it's and it's funny because it's I I think the thing that's the biggest thought that's running through my mind right now is that this period that we're going through the in-season tournament victories and and how we've all of a sudden got everything healthy together and how the team's defense the last five games has been you know, like number one in the league and under a hundred, you know, we're talking about ninety-five. Reminds me a little bit in 19 slash 20 when we had those two big weekend wins right before they shut down the whole thing for COVID for four months. And we had that weekend where we took down the Clippers and then the Bucks. Um, Watching what happened with the Pacers taking down those teams and us taking down the Pacers, I got a feeling right now that what we're seeing is the rest of the league is going to spend the next month watching as the Lakers move into the dominant position, become the winningest team, take over the number one seed in the West, and are looking at the title like they're going to just take it and gobble it up. I think that's what we're going to see happening. I think the Lakers and LeBron, as long as they can stay healthy, as long as they can stay healthy, this team is a championship team. And, and this defense is the best defense in the league. We might right. not even make a trade. So you don't see, I mean, even with the shooting woes and sometimes the issues. No, I think, I think. Another big alongside AD, those, and then perimeter defense even more. Well, ideally, ideally, we have three, we three, we have three great needs. The first, the first and single greatest need is who's going to replace LeBron James? This is his last guaranteed season with us. He could win and walk off. I don't think he's going to, but he could. <clears throat> so that's that's why Zach Levine and Trey Young and so forth, those things, you can't just totally dismiss him. You just can't. I mean, Zach Levine, what does Zach Levine actually give you? At 147 and a half threes a game at 40%. Bad knees, no defense. I know. I probably wouldn't make the trade. You could probably talk me into making a trade if you got me Crusoe too. I, but, I, I happen to be. But a I big, think there are better. But I think there are better targets that are younger, maybe fit the Lakers better. Um, I mean, I'm serious about about going after some of the players on the Jazz. I think that that's a big opportunity for the Lakers. Uh, I would not mind at all seeing Clarkson, Olenek, or and and getting Lonnie Laurie would be terrific. 
Magic Man, go ahead, Magic Man, because you wanted to interject yeah. with something. I would be very wary of trying to acquire Trey Young at this point. Yeah, I um, would too. Fan- but, but, fantastic. You know, he's fantastic. a point guard and he's a great three point shooter. Fantastic facilitator. Um, terrible yeah. defender. Top yeah. three, terrible yeah. defender. And Gerald, his true shooting has gone in the toilet the past four years. It's gone from yeah. high 60s to mid 50s at this point. And with his height, Gerald, and with the uh, the the NBA going in a, you know a slightly different direction than when he came into the league, I'd be very wary about acquiring him because I I think the the juice isn't worth the squeeze as far as what you'd have to give Atlanta for. Yeah, he's going to cost that, a lot more than he is. Than yeah. Zach, Zach, you can almost get in a throwaway deal, but you'd have to give up. You'd have to give up three picks, including the swaps. We don't need that. We don't need that. That's right, Joe. So, Jamie, I'm going to send it out with you, my friend. What are you working on at Lakerholics.com? I'm working on making Joe happy. I just want Joe to be happy. <laughs> Joe, you're my number one project. Uh, don't tell him Trey Young. That'll, <laughs> That'll, that's that's triggering for, for Mr. <laughs> it seemed like it in the chat. <laughs> I mean, I understand. Trey Young's, it's not one of those best of both worlds. He's, you know, you'd be curious to see him in another situation with better players. I'd and like so, to see him on another situation with another team, but go me ahead. Me too. Like Washington. I feel like he'd do great in Washington. Yes. They could not play defense together. He, he and Kyle Kuzma could If we could get Trey Young for what we would have to pay for Zach Levine, I would do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't Unless think I want to get him for the 29 pick. Come I on. don't really want either one. Hard. He's a great distributor. He's a great scorer. And and it's the one guy you can cover up. And if you, you still have a strong I, I think team. Big Sofo's on the right track. We need yeah. a good free agency next summer, not a big trade. And I, I love Jordan Clarkson, Dante T, but it, it's not a good fit on this. On this. Uh, on this we need team. shooting. We have to fix the shooting. That's our top priority. Anyway, I'm, I'm. I think we're going to stand pat. So, but you got your five things articles. Uh, latest yeah. one is on the NBA Cup. I'm assuming. Okay. I got to go, guys. Uh, but it's been a great Sunday, and I'll see you on the flip side. And as for everyone else, truly join everyone out there on Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet's five things articles with the NBA Cup. Also, as well, go ahead and check out Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Will he be right? I am hoping he'll be right. First off, 14 days. I was just going off what Darvin Ham in that article, his actual statement is that there is no timeline. But let's hope Chris Haynes is right. He's an insider. He's paid for it. So let's hope he's right. 10 to 14 days. We'll see how much of an insider he is. But Magic Man, before I head it back over to Laker Tom, any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, Chris Haynes, uh, fairly decent reporter. Hit or miss. When it comes to some of his reports, Gerald, sometimes he's right on the button. Sometimes he's out to lunch. Sometimes. But again, he, you know, we'll see. 10 to 14 days. I, I wouldn't rush him back. I would not rush Gabe Vince. There's no need. If the Lakers are playing well, there's no need to, if for a fourth guy who's at best right now, Tom, the fourth guard in a fourth guard rotation to rush him back. Lakers not making any trade. Nobody makes trades. In the only reason, the only reason to rush him back, really, 
And I don't think it's, I, 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 first off, I don't think they're going to rush him back, but I do think that uh, they're not going to hold him back for some reason other than health no. reasons. And, and I think that they want to see him play as soon as possible, simply because, let's be honest, if, if we're talking about, if we're talking about, see, the one thing that, this, that I don't think is realistic is standing pat. We're not going to do that. We're going to add a 15th player. We're going to make a couple of trades. Everybody's going to have to accept that because there are going to be a couple of guys that they think they can upgrade. So they're going to do that. Um, and if you start from that premise, Gabe's $10 million salary is the salary that you want to mess around with because there's a three or four guys making around that amount that you can swap that could be good and throw a couple of seconds in and you can get an upgrade. So that's why... I don't think it's going to be a big deal that he's got a three-year contract because I think it's a good contract. Um, and you just have to see. It just depends on what the fit. There are some teams out there that that do need point guards. Um, one of those teams happens to be the Utah Jazz. You know, so uh, but his ten million dollar salary is the first the first salary that gets you back something. Then you got to make a jump up to Rui and and Delos salaries, which are like 17, 18 million. That'll get you, you know, a $20 million guy. That would get you, you know, somebody used to be in the same ballpark as Buddy and 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 Miles. So there they fall into the second categories. And when you look at when you look at the need of the team's roster, Rui is starting to be a guy who might be out of the rotation. Whereas Gabe, we're weak in the guard. We're weak in guards, basically being able to defend, because because both D'Lo and Reeves are not good defenders. They can be adequate defenders and good team defenders, but they don't have the athleticism to really be elite individual defenders. Gabe is probably the best that we have at that. So he's probably more positionally in need than than maybe Rui and some of the bigs are. What we still don't have is we still could use somebody who could be a bruiser to throw against the Jokic's and, you know, the big centers so that AD can roam a little bit. Um, but we don't have a whole lot of needs. We do need some offense. Will that come from – Vincent could come out and start shooting like crazy, and that would be a wonderful he's saving streaky, grace. He's such a streaky shooter, Tom. It's really yeah. – I mean – He'll he'll run. They all, they all are, Gerald. Jesus Christ, man! I well, mean, no, but there's more consistent. There's some consistent shooters yeah. more than others. Right. I'm just saying he is truly a streaky definition <clears throat> shooter. Seven well, percent for the first four or five games he played, pretty much verifies what you just said. But I meant in the playoffs, like you said, Miami rode a lot of what he was doing in those first couple of weeks, but then he tailed but, off. But he's a, but he's more aggressive. You know what? He's the kind of guy that Darwin likes. How about Colin Sexton? Kurt is bringing him up. Uh, he's not been the same player since he hurt that knee, Magic Man. Will you agree with me on that? Yes. Yes. 100%. That's the same. Uh, pretty good. Still a pretty good ground and pound scorer, Gerald. Not what he used to be. And at some point in time, I like, just because of age, Gerald, I expect that shooting to dip a little bit as well, that true shooting percentage. And that's when 
I think he's going to find a problem securing uh, long-term employment in the NBA. I mean, if you're a small guard now and your true shooting isn't at least 60% for a Mendoza line, then you're really you're really treading water as far as being a competent offensive player. Unless your defense is out of this world, you can't you can't really hack it. Unless unless you have a huge contract like Trey Young does. Well said, my friend. So Laker Tom, uh, go ahead and catch him at Laker Tom on Twitter. You can see all the trades that will not include Buddy Healed. And Miles Turner, supposedly for the t- I still think you'll get back on the way. I think you're you'll get back off no, the wagon. I, just, I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's a reason for them to. Tr- you know, it's kind of funny. They moved Buddy back into the starting lineup after they pulled him out, and he's been playing great. And you look at the two of these guys. You've got two guys who are shooting over forty percent, and they're taking sixteen and a half threes a game. That is a scary proposition, you know. Um, man, could you imagine if the Lakers had their backcourt? If we could just swap backcourts with them, the Lakers would be unbeatable, man. <laughs> but um, it, I might I might draft the next guy named Tyrese, who's in the top twenty rankings for the for the league, because that's there's a couple of good Tyrese's that are making their name right now, and it's uh, and they're both just crazy players man crazy good players darren i don't know about dinwiddie dinwiddie's another streaky shooter and Mm -hmm. and he's having a struggling season right now in brooklyn so i mean the best of dinwiddie i've you know obviously you saw in that dallas uh series against phoenix uh he does have his moments but yeah he's he's not playing great for for if you can get him on the cheap or in a buyout i definitely uh, consider it but yeah Trading real assets for him right now at this stage of his career, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that, Darren. We'll see, though. These are good suggestions that are out there. Uh, Dante says, what about Levert from Cleveland? Uh, as an offensive player, yes, he does demand the shots, does demand the ball. Uh, so your defense would improve, uh, as far as your offense would improve greatly, but your defense would probably suffer for it. So, good, you know, obviously to get the points in there, that could be something where the Lakers need to go Marcus ahead and have Mark. to look at. Marcus Smart is a guy I'd go after for a point guard. You know he's shooting 29.5%. I don't care. It's defense. It's the defense. But the Lakers are in the bottom 10 in offense this year. year. I still don't think that matters. I think that if you get a guy like Marcus Smart to fill that role, and if you didn't have to give up D'Lo to do it, I'd start Smart and have D'Lo come off the bench, or you could swing it around and even have – smart to come off the bench but the lakers the lakers are are within a point guard of having the ideal 6-8 team across the board man five six eight guys who can all fly and all play defense they may not be the best shooters in the world but if they can get 86 points in the paint who cares um but when you look at when you look at what the Lakers have and you look at the lineup that they can put together, um, I, it, it just makes sense for me for them to look for a point guard who can defend. 
Who's out there that can defend? Who could really turn this team into actually for sure the best defensive team in the NBA? Marcus Smart could do that. Marcus Smart could do that. Um, when he's healthy, I think if you got DeLon Wright, who is from Los Angeles, um, I think he'd be a perfect fit for what they're doing with the length. But I mean, we're just, we're just speculating here. I'm, I, I love the team right now as, as we're, we're built Gerald. Uh, I, somebody mentioned in the chat, I believe it was yesterday or the, the day before that the, uh, I believe it was rough artist in uh, playback was saying that the trade deadline is nine weeks away. That's, that's not that long, not uh, that long. So we'll see definitely what's going to so happen with yeah. this lineup. Now you, you got basically about a month, five, six weeks until you start working the phones. Well, and also you might find that that 15th man that you get, since a lot of the other teams can't get buyout players, a lot of the teams that would be competing with us, we might be able to get a 15th man that could eliminate one of those trade needs that we need. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's correct, Tom. I, I was almost looking at the roster at the beginning of the year and thinking that, you know, if, if a lot of, if some of these moves, if not most of them work out for Rob Palenke, he's just going to look at the buyout market. We'll see what happens. Well, because the buyout market also is an extension of the same redemption market. Well, and and we do know and the that Lakers are the stars of the redemption market. Gerald, man. he is. He, we do know he's going to make at least one trade on on the trade deadline. Uh, he traded Lou Williams at the trade deadline. Acquired Reggie Bullock. He's done different things at the deadline. He's going to be active. We know that this is much. And probably for shooters. Probably, probably looking to bring in a couple of guys who can shoot. We'll see what happens indeed. But once again, it is Lakerholics.com. Please check out the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, along with Jamie Sweet and his five things articles. Go ahead and check it out all week long right here at Lakerholics.com. Actually, I will start posting some tidbits from their sites to give you guys a little bit more incentive to go ahead and check out what they're writing about during the week right here on the Lakers YouTube channel. So go ahead and check it out on Lakers Fast Break. Magic Man and I will be back tomorrow with more great stuff for you, including a look into the upcoming back-to-back games with Dallas and San Antonio. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to some great times. Go ahead and check out the live games with us on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And of course, catch all the great action this week. I will try to be as good as I can and not call anyone stupid anymore so i apologize once again for that uh, gerald so, you don't have to apologize it's, right. just, it's just it's just laker passion going wild yes lakers passion indeed yes well but i still want to wish you the happiest 79th birthday weekend that's out there yeah, so it's, been a, it's been a perfect it's been a perfect weekend man four game yeah. streak by the lakers well let's see what that's brock what does now the right. niners need to take over and a little help from the cowboys scott take that the Cowboys. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens indeed. But once again, it is Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet's Five Things articles and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. Magic Man, uh, great to have you here. Truly appreciate you and I having such a late night and getting up early for 
a great conversation. People enjoyed it. A great crowd again. Thank you so much for being part of what we do. The best Lakers chat room that's out there and the best Lakers show that's out there is right here. The Lakers fast break. Wishing all of you a fantastic Lakers weekend. NBA Cup winners. Can they take it all the way to an NBA championship? We'll find out and we'll report it here right on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.